0: You're going to learn these tools and how to apply them in your life now so that you can become the most free, powerful, bold, authentic version of you. Hey, welcome to today's episode of the show. I am so excited to be sharing this interview with you today. We're going to be talking to someone who has personally radically changed my life in the most positive ways you can imagine. She is a coach who specializes in helping people overcome their physical pain. But here's the thing, physical pain is in so many cases emotional pain so anxiety stress fear social anxiety inferiority afraid you're not good enough comparing yourself to others all the stuff we talk about in this show guess what it doesn't just manifest as feeling bad about yourself emotionally or limiting your your actions in the world it shows up physically and there are so many things you probably heard about me talk about on this show but there's so many things that i had to learn were not just random unconnected physical occurrences in my body that just happened because of what I ate or I touched that weird thing or I slept on that bed or whatever. <laughs> Touch that weird thing. What What weird thing? I don't know. I touched the table and someone else was sick. And I uh, No, it's so much of what's happening is our emotions. So stomach problems, back problems, knee problems, neck problems, jaw problems, foot problems, eyeball problems, ear ringing problems. Allergies, skin problems, all these things have a huge component of emotional energy to them. And yet we only approach them from the physical side. And you've heard me talk about this before, but this is the person, if you wanna know who is the person who really radically helped me get these changes in my life, it's who we're talking to today. And as always, in this interview, I learn a ton. So if you're really curious about how to completely free yourself from, any sort of physical pain, but also we we go deep in this interview to the underpinnings of the pain, which are emotions. But what specifically? Well, emotions and stress that comes from being too nice, uh, what she calls goodism, but then also perfectionism, demanding more of yourself, not liking your your yourself, your accomplishments, thinking you're not enough, you need to do more. So even if you don't have any physical pain right now, you're going to benefit a ton from learning about how to unravel perfectionism and let go of goodism. And if you also happen to have physical pain or discomforts, look out. This is going to be a very powerful interview. So here's the thing I want to encourage you to do, is one, turn off other distractions and commit to listen to this. And then two, take notes uh, in your phone or uh, you can write something down, but really engage with this process because this is about you learning something that you then apply inward and you use it to reflect on yourself so you can make positive changes in your life. So You ready? Let's dive into that interview now. My guest expert for the show today is someone I am extremely grateful and excited to have on the show. Her name is Laura Heidrich, and she's a health coach, but of a very specific and unique sort and a very life changing way for me. So she doesn't just doesn't help people get fitter or whatever else you might think of with a health coach. She specifically helps people end chronic pain. Uh, not manage it, not get a little better, but your life mostly is restricted and sucks, like really, truly end chronic pain. And you might be wondering, is that even possible? How does that work? That's what we're going to be getting into in today's interview. She has a fascinating story herself in that she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis as a young woman. And, you know, in the medical world, rheumatoid arthritis doesn't get any more, quote, real or physical than that. Um, And that's something that, for the most part, is agreed upon as permanent like you have this for the rest of your life and you're limited Um, you manage pain you take a lot of medication you get by and it's your bum genes or poor environment when you're growing up or something but now you're toast and but the amazing thing about laura is that she uh, did not settle for that she refused to accept the limitations uh, recommended by the physicians and she remained active and got a degree in business and went on to pursue work in the medical field um but along the way she was introduced to the idea of tms tension myositis syndrome and that that term was first put forth by a man named dr john sarno who you might have heard me talk about on the show and she at that moment had the seed planted of like wait maybe there is a way to actually truly end this and free myself And so we're going to be talking about what is TMS, how to work with all this stuff. There's so much more to your story, but I don't want to just talk for the whole interview. (laughs) I actually want to interview you. So welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Well, thank you, Dr. Aziz. It's such an honor to be here to talk about this really important topic. Uh, You know, chronic pain has become really an epidemic, especially in the United States. And... Um, Once you discover tension myositis syndrome and Dr. Sano's approach to um, really curing it, um, it's so life-changing for so many people, including both of us. Um, We had, you know, some similar issues, pain that started young and went on for decades. So if you and I can overcome this, then, um, then anyone can. Uh, As you said, we had these scary-sounding diagnoses. Um, This sounded like a real disease. How could you possibly get over it? But we did, and here we are today. So um, the more people who um, can learn about this approach and um, start believing it and follow through on the treatment, uh, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, Yes.
0: absolutely. And just to really relate this to everyone listening, because some people listening might have uh, a chronic condition or chronic pain, and they might be all ears. Other people might be like, eh, well, I don't have that. I don't know if this mm-hmm. is relevant to me. And I'm just going to say right now, it absolutely is. Because what we're going to be talking about is how emotion and uh, personality styles mm-hmm. and how you show up every day <laughs> is going to manifest itself in some sort of physical pain. Uh, and, and it might not be a, a big major diagnosis. It might just right. be you know, your knee hurts when you yes. try to run. It might just be that your neck gets tight when you sit at the computer and exactly. you blame, you know, I need 75 ergonomic adjustments. And, you know, so anyone, if you if you feel any ongoing uh, intermittent pain, if you have any limitation on just b- doing basic exercise that you love and and you're, you are not running right now, you're not lifting weights, mm-hmm. you're not playing soccer, you're not doing something because you think, well, it's bad for my knees, bad for my feet, bad for my body. Um, or you, you're just kind of in fear of your body kind of pooping out on you because you used it, uh, any of those things. And, and you may have diagnoses. You may have tendonitis diagnoses. I have an interesting story about that as mm-hmm. well that I want to share. All these things, it, there is a tremendous amount of liberation possible. So I think this is relevant to, to, to everyone, especially people that have you know, more limitation too.
1: Yes, absolutely. And really the the bottom line here is that Unfortunately, the medical community is just wrong about pretty much everything associated with chronic pain conditions, including many of those that you listed. Um, TMS can also apply to stomach upset and skin rashes and a host of other things so that I think Dr. Sarno came to you know, throw that net much wider as he got deeper into this. Mm. But the bottom line is because we hear it most, mostly associated with back pain, like you said, and knee pain and neck pain. But the bottom line is that the problem is not structural at all. As you said, Aziz, chronic pain is created by negative emotions. Sometimes it starts with childhood trauma, and then you pile on some present-day tension, which we all have, and a personality type, which um, we're very familiar with, the perfectionist, the goodest, that's our people pleaser, the worry wart And um, all of this together we found um, at the pain care clinic has – leads to this constant tension in the body that leads to chronic pain and it can absolutely hang on for um, a long time and seem very serious but it's really being created in the mind the pain is real Make no mistake. <laughs> but as you said, um, the goal isn't to manage it and just live with it and work around it. Uh, we live a long time, you know, hopefully into our 80s and even 90s. Our bodies are incredibly durable. Uh, we're, we're told we get this diagnosis that you're fragile. Like you said, you can't run, you can't play with your kids anymore. It takes a lot of the joy and mm. fun out of your life. Mm. And um, it's just not necessary to live like that. Yes. It just isn't. No.
0: absolutely and i'm so excited to, to to dig in with some specifics of how people can yes. use this knowledge to liberate themselves but first let's just you know build the bridge because of people listening i mean we i grew up and as did you and so many of us mm-hmm. in the standard uh, dominant Viewpoint, which is like, well, physical pain is caused by physical things, mm-hmm. and so if your back hurts, it's because one hip is higher than another, or you're twisted, or this leg's longer than that, or something's <laughs> pinching on your nerve, and you know, and this is caused by that, and and then it's it's further uh, solidified by a, an authority, someone who went to school for yes. four, eight, <laughs> sixteen years, and they have an office that's mm-hmm. with fancy. Skeletons and, and little diagrams, and and they use language <laughs> exactly. that we don't understand, and they speak in Latin, and and they say this is a you know ibidus middleus, and this means this, and so people have this experience where it's like no physical pain is caused by physical stuff, and on top of that, it feels kind of that way, like we're you know we're running, and then my knee hurts mm-hmm. while I'm running, so it was the right. running, you know, so let's build that bridge. Like how do you what? you said something about this pain is caused by negative emotions mm-hmm. let's let's help people understand how that could be so
1: right okay so let's just start with safe childhood trauma for example and this can be everything from you know just having maybe n- n- demanding or neglectful parents or a brother that's a bully, you know, all the way up to real abusive situations. But something that happened in your childhood just kind of sticks, you know, and it can either be the trauma itself that stays with you and continues causing tension even into adulthood or, and this is the, the more common occurrence, it shapes your personality, right? So little Aziz was was born a certain way, but then the things that happened to him as, as a child might have brought out this tendency to fear making mistakes and thinking he has to be perfect or he has to say yes to everyone or he's worried about the future all the time or he feels like he has to be the best at everything and be an ultra competitor right and so get out of my head (laughs) (laughs) oh yes i know you well as these and and i was the same way right so i i know of what i speak and so then um you know you become an adult and and you get the adult responsibility which we all have to go to work and take care of our own children and then maybe our parents are aging and it just becomes this kind of crushing level of of stress and tension that you know is in our mind and then our mind is connected to our body remember it's all one system Mm -hmm. and so um there's something called neuropeptides that flow throughout our body when we have a negative emotion and they literally cause um They affect all of our systems, our autonomic nervous system, which our fight or flight, which is our fight or flight, and it causes our muscles and our nerves and all of our soft tissue to become tight and inflamed. And that's why you can walk around for months and even years with what seems like, again, you know, there's got to be some medical basis for this. And remember, our physicians, you know, they aren't taught this in medical school. Mind body, unfortunately, just isn't emphasized. And I think that's starting to change. I hope so, but we're not going to wait around for that to happen because there's a solution right now. Yes. And, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And what I uh, love about this is, I was just talking about this with my wife the other day, how, you know, the in, in the medical world, this is some of the mm-hmm. most brilliant minds in the world. Oh, And yet, absolutely. And yet what they're doing <laughs> is they're, they're sort of fighting with one hand tied behind their back because yes. they're operating from a fundamentally f- a flawed premise, which exactly. is like, okay, there's pain in the body. It must be caused by something uh, entirely mechanical, physical that doesn't have anything to do with the brain or yeah. emotions. So mm-hmm. that's our fundamental starting point. Now let's figure it out. And then they come up with some of the most complex, intelligent theories.
1: Right. But
0: the the, but. the simple <laughs> uh, solution is to expand the starting point to say, well, yeah, you could like you could strain a muscle by by pushing mm-hmm. it too mm-hmm. hard. You could rip a tendon. You could do that, and mm-hmm you also can chronically tense certain muscles by being in a anxious state because you're worried about if people are going to like me. You could yes. feel uh, yes. <laughs> uh, your stomach could be upset and you could have like diarrhea and irritable bowel mm-hmm. because you're so mm-hmm. uh, nervous about how you're going to perform at work that week. And, right. and on some level we all uh, – it's strange how we have that denial of that, because at the same time, we all know you can get butterflies in your stomach when you're excited mm-hmm. or nervous. Mm-hmm. We all know that uh, something uh, scary happens and we either don't want to eat at all or we want to go, you know, a- a- to hack the fridge. So yes. We all right. we all experience that. So I love how you're um, helping us see that these things can are not just one time incidences. They can they can become an ongoing way. That, oh, that, yes. That affects our and, yes.
1: And. That's a good segue into um, the way that we often explain this initially, this idea of tension myositis syndrome, is that chronic pain is just um, – it's on the list with a lot of other things we commonly accept, which you mentioned, like a nervous stomach. Listen to this. We get shivers up our spine, right? We get gut feelings about things. Uh, we refer to people as being a pain in the neck are you hearing what we're, we're saying here? Mm-hmm. I mean we're directly relating the mind and the body and yet very few people go to the emergency room with any of the things I just mentioned because as a society we've been taught that oh yes of course emotions cause that. Well we're just saying that emotions also cause chronic pain but because the medical community have has assigned so many different labels to it, I mean think about this, we've had um, over the last 20 years, carpal tunnel, fibromyalgia. Now there's all these um, chronic fatigues and and nerve sensitization, um, sensitization syndromes. And, I mean, it goes on and on. It's just a, a new name for a collection of symptoms that all goes back to tension myositis syndrome. Mm, it, uh, right? It just yeah. sounds very scary. And when a person in a white coat who you've been taught to trust – Tells you this, we all buy into it at first, and we we seek a medical solution. But after a certain amount of time, and and another point Aziz, these that you hit on. Even if you have a real injury, the body has an amazing ability to heal, and you should still not be in chronic pain. Um, you know, six, eight months, two years later.
0: Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I used to really yeah. uh, believe in that, and and you know, it, uh, someone would tell me like, Oh yeah, no, I can't do that anymore oh this part of my body is hurting and i was like oh why oh i got you know i was in a car accident oh yeah recently oh yeah. no that was like six <laughs> years ago
1: we hear this and all you know, the time it's like oh it's yeah.
0: acting up again and yes yeah, so let's um let's liberate ourselves of all this yeah. so let's say someone is is listening and they're like okay you know i'm i i get that i can see the connection between mind and body mm-hmm. um you know and though uh it hurts what what right. do i do what
1: do i do <laughs> yes well, um, what we do uh, with our coaching is we work in three different areas of these. And the first is to really help you continue changing your belief system that you are not structurally damaged. You do not have a disease process. You know, if you've ruled out anything serious, we always recommend, of course, doing that first. Um, but you really have to get a, a strong belief in this. Um, as you know, Dr. Sano has many books. There are a lot of other mind-body authors that we recommend. There are also clinical studies that are backing up this premise now, which is, it, which is great. Um, then we have to look at the tension in a person's life where is this coming from Um, you know so that we can work on reducing it and we feel very strongly about increasing um, or tweaking your physicality like you said you're a runner Aziz and the worst thing you did was to stop running uh, because it's a tension reliever for you and you love it and it keeps you overall healthy so um, these are the three major areas you know that we work on and you we start with a real examination of your life. You remember the first hour that we talked was mm-hmm. all about you and what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we turn over every rock and ask you a lot of questions to try to get to the bottom of it. A lot of times people um, it, it's hard to talk about certain things and yes. it's a safe place, right? Where they can say, you know, my mother's driving me crazy or I, you know, my brother's a bully or, you know, I take my job or I want to move and people need permission mm-hmm. to say these things, um, there's a lot of resistance, um, you know, to society norms and parental pressure and, uh, we've just come to accept it, yes. but our bodies are, are not liking it.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a great, yeah. uh, quote, I, I think it might be Gabor Mate. So we, maybe it's the title of a book mm-hmm. when your body says no, when the body and, says no. And yes. that's, uh, that I, what you're highlighting is so important, that permission to, yes really acknowledge these things because what's happening is the pain is a message and it's saying yeah. hey everything's not cool like it's a, it's a barometer you can say oh i'm happy everything's great but if you're in chronic pain yeah. then there's something that's not right in the system and and it, exactly. and but the problem is the message is being cut off and not being able to be delivered consciously so it's like right. and and usually yeah. that's because there's some internal yeah society might not like it or So often, it's our own inner uh, pressure to appear a certain way. So, to to be like, I don't like, you know, it's hard to be around uh, my brother in law or my dad or. Or, you know, I spend a day with my one of my kids and my young children and, and I love them and some of the things they did were pretty dang irritating. You know, so it's yes. like to, to <laughs> feel it's
1: okay to feel human.
0: Yes, to feel yeah. those um and usually it's the emotions of upset, hurt, dislike, the kind of thing where you think, Oh, you know, if I love someone, I shouldn't feel that way. Right. Well, there's a lot of guilt. A lot of guilt. And that yeah. guilt um prevents us from just because you know, we're not saying you have to go run out and tell that person that they're terrible or yell at your kids. We're just saying no, allow yourself all. to acknowledge in, in a safe place, yeah, I don't like this, or yes, this is hard, or yes, this is upsetting, or yes, this is stressful. And when we can do that, uh, it really starts to uh, release the need to smash it down with all that guilt, and then the pain can start to dissipate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and then the next step in this process is just what you said is these, is we really deep dive into the personality type
0: mm. and we
1: figure out where you are on the scale, you know, what's your dominant issue. Um, a lot of it is goodism, um, but this perfectionism is just pervasive. Yeah. Uh, let's really you know, unpack
0: both of those. So people yes. listening can kind of identify that, you know, I definitely, uh, resonate with and, and can de- can fall back into operating from both. And I think, yes. Uh, as we, as we, you know, for those of you who haven't picked up on it, I did work with uh, Laura. She was my coach. Mm Uh, still, still is sometimes when I get the TMS that comes back, but overall, she really helped me make a major turning point. I'd read so many books on the subject Mm -hmm. and made so Mm -hmm. much progress and, and healed up all kinds of conditions. Um, I had plantar fasciitis in my foot that prevented me from, well, one of the things that prevented me from running. I had, um... Uh, repetitive stress stuff in my wrist that prevented me from playing the guitar. I had chronic neck problems from sitting, you know, I thought I I can't sit at a computer. I mean, you know, on and on and on and on, migraines. And I was able to cure a lot of those using these exact approaches with the books. But then Mm -hmm. when it came, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, like Laura, I was diagnosed with a condition that sounds awfully real. It was called ankylosing spondylitis. I was right, the
1: mouthful. That, <laughs> right? You know, it's, it's Latin.
0: It's got to be legit. <laughs> and uh, and it started when I was 15, but the, I didn't get a diagnosis until I was 19, and, and it got really solidified that this is real. And I got on medication, and the medication seemed to help. So mm-hmm. then, like, explain that. Like, wait, if I don't have a thing, then how come, you know, this medication? So I, despite my best efforts solo, and even with the help of my, my wife and people I, I talked to, I was not able... To, to really break free until I worked with Laura. And the processes she guided me through really were transformative. And one of the big things we looked at was these two personalities, goodest and perfectionist. Yes. And I yes. saw how big perfectionism was for me and how essential it was for me to really address it. So I'm so excited mm-hmm. for you to, mm-hmm. to share yeah. both of these with people.
1: Yeah. Let me talk a little bit about both of those. So the classic perfectionist is really just trying to control circumstances. Right. And it's usually there's some fear underlying that disease. Right. Our fear of being incompetent, being judged, losing our jobs, not being well thought of. There's always fear behind all of this. And, um, you know, you can't do everything perfectly all the time, but you will make yourself miserable trying, right? <laughs> and um, we've just got to learn to um, to find a, a place of what we call optimalism. And, uh, you know, we talked quite a bit about that, where you can still have ha- high standards and be ambitious. We are not suddenly going to turn into slackers. That's just not who we are. So make no mistake, we are not trying to completely change people's personalities. We couldn't even if we wanted to, but there are some really minor things that you can do to dial this back. And, you know, a lot of it lives in that kind of space between what happens to us and how we react. Mm. Think about that for a minute. That's where, that's where we get off the rail because things are going to happen. Things are going to irritate us and we're going to have expectations that aren't met, but how we react to it. And how much um, we allow in, remember we talked about prioritizing your intensity, Mm -hmm. and that's important. We can't bring this high level of intensity to every situation all day long, or we're just in this constant state of of tension and pain. Um, You know, the traffic jam and a minor argument with your spouse is not on the same level as having a critically ill child, you know, and we have to learn to pick our battles, That's a lot of the the issue for the perfectionist is, okay, there's a comment out of place in my email. Well, everyone's still going to read your email and probably won't even notice, right? Mm -hmm. Versus, okay, I'm on stage in front of a thousand people, you know, giving a workshop. Of course, you're bringing your A game to that. But even then, you're human. And we, um, you know, we put such expectations on other people about how they're going to react to us. It's a little bit self-absorbed when you think about it, isn't it? Um, to be walking around acting like we're perfect um, doesn't let a lot of um, connection in. Hmm. So it's, um, it's really dangerous on many, many levels um, with connecting with other people and just creating that undercurrent of tension uh, all the time.
0: Absolutely. And let's talk yep. a little bit more about that prioritizing the intensity. Yeah. So what I, I think I hear you saying <laughs> is that there's going to be this desire for mm-hmm. intensity. And so you yeah. want to choose the things that you bring that intensity to.
1: Exactly. And then
0: other times though, like the comma in the email or the you know, minor yeah. disagreement with the spouse, like are you suggesting that we in those moments we just let it go. And we stop. We we find right. a way to not yes. uh, care so much about that.
1: Yes. And that brings up a good point because perfectionists also tend to be um, very sensitive to criticism. You remember us talking about this and we immediately. Certainly
0: not get, me though. No, it's no, no. only not you. Other, not other perfectionists.
1: <laughs> That's why other people. No, but we tend to, um, we get defensive right away. I had this issue with my own partner and he really, you know, pointed it out to me. He's very lovingly would suggest something to me that was absolutely true. And my first response would still be to get defensive. And so my strategy is I really, I take a breath. I mean, I literally count to five or 10 and, and what comes out of my mouth tends to be very different. Just that small space of time to say, now, wait a minute is there any reason to really be defensive about this? Um, you're, you know, that person is just trying to help me. Mm-hmm. So you see all the different ways this manifests in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, You know, it's at work, it's at home, it's with neighbors, it's with your church. It, it's, it can come from everywhere. And if you're trying to be perfect in all these different areas all the time, be the perfect father. And I, I know you, you know, are really concerned about being a great dad to your kids. But we talked a lot about how sometimes that's just, bringing them along on your normal day right mm-hmm. <laughs> and modeling um good behavior we're gonna play some we're gonna do a few chores for you know because that's life mm-hmm. and you're raising them to live in the real world not this perfect dad world right yes. yeah
0: no, absolutely yeah. and mm-hmm. and I think that um, the the question I have about this one though is where is there the difference between perfectionism and mm-hmm. Discipline, because there seems to be this yeah. place where mm-hmm. w- we need to, right? Uh, for example, come up with a certain schedule and adhere to it, which might seem yeah. rigid or perfectionistic. But at the mm-hmm. same time, uh, when we, if we just sort of say, "Well, I don't want to have a, a rigid thing," I don't know. That, that's I don't want to. I just got to let go here. Then there's an element of. Sometimes we, we need that push to break through. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Yes, I and do. So this and this is something yeah. that I've, I've always, I've, you know, I'm, I'm always sort of just learning and experimenting with and exploring because I'm like, well, how, how do you do this? You know, it's basically that, that the path of optimalism, how to right. achieve, how to uh, be ambitious, but, you know, do so in a sane way, in a way that doesn't produce yeah. chronic pain in our bodies.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's where optimalism comes in. It's just, it's kind of one rung down, right from the perfectionist. <laughs> and um, you might remember when I first sent you your action plan that I preface it by saying, do not apply perfectionism to this plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the first issue we usually have with people is then they try to um, get better perfectly. And that's, you know, the opposite of what we're trying to do. But yes, you do have to put some deliberate effort into getting better, right? And there has to be some consistency without rigidity. You really hit on it, okay? Mm-hmm. So for example, um you know, we want you exercising and doing cardio and weights and some stretching and yoga but we don't want you being rigid about it to the point where if it's a beautiful day in portland then i want you outside even if it's your day to do weights you know what i'm saying we Mm -hmm. get so tied into you're not so tied into the schedule if you miss a day of journaling we're not beating ourselves up we're just going to get back on the horse the next day you know so you see what i'm saying it's just a dialing back because, yes, you're right, getting over chronic pain, we would never say it's easy. It's very simple what's happening to us, but it's not easy to get over it. It takes some time. We're rewiring the brain. So um, you got to bring a lot of patience to the process. Um, but you don't have to do it perfectly to get better. Yes. You will get better even if you're if you're just being consistent and you're moving forward and you have the belief that this is TMS and you absolutely can get better. You are not the one person who will not get better if you really follow through.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. and let's let's explore the the other side of that coin. So we have the perfectionism mm-hmm. on on one side and then the other side is the, the you called it goodism is, and then yes. people might you know you reference people pleasing and uh, yeah. for those listening who might have read my book Not Nice, which yes. talks a lot Wonderful. about that. So what's the what have you seen with that? How does that contribute to, yeah. to pain how do people work with that?
1: So goodism is just perfectionism applied to relationships. Okay, Um, you can't make everyone else happy all the time. You can't even make yourself happy all the time. Right. You're just going to have down days sometimes. Uh, But again, you will just be running around like a chicken trying to figure out, you know, the perfect formula so that no one will ever get angry at you or be displeased. Um, One of my favorite lines from Not Nice is we have to learn that we are not for everyone, right? We can be a wonderful person, but we just don't connect with certain people. And so what you find is goodness will um, give up their time, their own interest or their own self care to cater to others beyond a reasonable expectation. And the key word is reasonable, because of course, we're going to help other people and take care of our children and do nice things for our spouse and all of that. But if you are still on a committee uh, at a charity from 1992 and, and you've been over it for the last 10 years, it's time to graciously resign. You know, if you are always the one bringing everything to the bake sale, it's time to let someone else take a turn, right? Especially when you're rec- recovering from chronic pain, you know, you may have to say, you know, I- I've got to get a massage this afternoon. Thanks so much. I have to decline that invitation this time. You know, you start with small things as a goodest. Mm. And then you work your way up to those big things like, you know, we're not coming home for the holidays this year. We need to stay home. We have two small children. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And so goodism is, is this wide range of just minor things that seem like, that. what's the big deal? But if you don't practice on the small things, then when it's a really big deal, um, when you need to go in and ask for a raise or, you know, again, just, just say no. And again, it's not mean, right? When you talk a lot and not nice too, about assertiveness, assertiveness is this nice in between, you know, being overly aggressive and rolling over other people and being a doormat, which we, and we don't want either of those extremes. We mm-hmm. just want that middle ground where we state our preferences um, and we're able to say no and set some healthy boundaries.
0: Yeah absolutely i love this and as you're talking i'm just i'm hearing the the overarching theme is one of part of the path to healing the pain is we're talking about the body saying no it's 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 basically it's like listening to yourself oh, and yes. uh, so i'm working yeah. on my next book now which is called omos oh. on my own side and I'm expanding love the idea of, of being on our own sides, beyond just you know basic positive self-talk, but to really do a deep study of what would it mean to really be on our own side, in the way, mm. you know beyond what we've ever given ourselves, you know what we would give someone we love deeply, like our children or our spouse or someone we respect right. and admire. And uh, in there, it, part of that process is we spend so much time trying to uh, direct. Push, mm-hmm. massage, change. It's like we're guiding ourselves to go be this person. Yeah, some voice in our head that's like, "Well, you feel, you know, you like, you like a. Well, you don't like a. You should like b." And it's like, "I, I wanted to go talk to that person. Well, don't go talk mm-hmm. to that person. Go talk to this person. I, you know, on off the chain to like, I want to pursue music. I, you can't pursue music. Go pursue engineering. You know, mm-hmm. and we just we're like, uh, there's like some inner authority other than ourselves." Maybe it's yeah the self sabotage, yeah. yeah, that's just like guiding mm-hmm. the show, and I feel like it's the same thing with both of these, like there's a person who is they're they're awesome they 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 achieve they do things, you know however we up in life, but then there's this voice inside that says, you gotta do more and you gotta be perfect, and then there's like this natural person inside of us, it's like, well, I like these things, and I like these people, and I don't wanna do these other things. And that voice of the goodism gets in there and says, no, no, be this. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> and and underneath it to really heal the pain requires this like almost like f- strong or firm reclaiming
1: mm-hmm.
0: of ourselves and saying like, no, I got to like figure out who I really am and be who I really am and stop striving in these ways to become someone superhuman and stop trying to be this super pleasing, nice person. And And until we listen to that, uh, we're going to get that constant message or reoccurring message of that pain.
1: Right. Exactly. And I love that you're doing this book, Aziz. It sounds like a great kind of follow up to not nice. So we get the premise of that. But then, you know, how do we um, promote, like you said, just, just self-care? Because there's this idea that we're selfish, right? If we um, take care of ourselves and take time for ourselves. And we use this statement all the time. It's just putting your own oxygen mask on first right when you're on the plane and the your child's next to you you've still got to be able to breathe yourself to be able to contribute to society and help your family and we've really got to get over this idea you know one of the big questions that we get from clients especially those with with small children and spouses is, you know, how can I take the time to do all this self-care and get over this chronic pain when my family needs me? And, and we explained to them, it's not one or the other. I know you and Candice negotiate this all the time. You Mm -hmm. know, it's not Aziz's well-being or Candice's it's, it's you're taking turns and taking care of each other. But when you were in this massive chronic pain, um, that had to be the first priority for the family. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is, this is a question that, I just got last week and I actually referenced you Aziz and said, you know, um, that you had a similar situation with a, with a young family and a lot going on. And how do I take time to meditate and take these hour for myself every day? But, you know, um, Getting better with everything because in the end, if we're not healthy and able to, um, you know, take care of ourselves and and do the things we want to do, nothing else really matters, right? It doesn't. Success, money, all of that goes out the window with chronic pain. So you've got to make this a priority and it's not selfish, yeah. And, that, and that's not.
0: just another form of the goodism that says, oh, I don't have the time to do this right. for me. It's like, well, <laughs> what is what is more important? Well, uh, what my boss wants, what my wife wants, mm-hmm. what my husband wants, what my kids mm-hmm. want, what my all of the commitments I've made to other people and all the ways. And there's was,
1: no end to that.
0: Yeah. It's just, you know, all the things I've said yes to because I was scared to say no. And oh, me. Oh, my own pain. Like, ah, I'll just that's fine. I'll just keep m- managing that. That's that's not that important. Right. And and I think that what you're calling for is basically a return to sanity and saying, no, that's that's of the highest priority. And and it is it's not uh, it's a it's it's like a system. Our, our family is a system. Uh, it's a collection of all these interacting parts. And same thing with your workplace and where. So if you're right. if, if you got a, a man or a woman down on the team, you, you want to work <laughs> yes. with that to help them get back up. And and it's the same thing in in taking time for ourselves.
1: Right, and then what we say is once you are feeling better, then you look at things again. As you just said, all the different aspects of your life, and you decide with a clear head and a healthy body, you know, where can I be of the most service? what priorities am I going to set for really making an impact? We are not saying that you are never going to help or contribute again, but for a short space of time, it's usually just a few months as you know until you start you know seeing some significant difference sometimes faster, you can revisit all of this but um just continuing to spiral downward um to the point where you you know might even not even be able to go to work at all or support your family is not is not where we're headed,
0: yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's a key thing. Is like, so many stories of TMS. I mean, Doctor Sarno said it. It was one of the most intense kinds of, pain, or can be one of the most intense kinds of pains mm.
1: that he's seen
0: in mm-hmm. all clinical medicine. And you know, and that's and yes, it's not structurally damaged. There's no thing broken in your body, but it can hurt horribly. And there's so many people that can't walk upstairs. You know. I've had TMS, the pain's so yeah. bad where I'm like yeah. barely able to make it from the bed to the bathroom.
1: Oh, and, I know. You know it's, it's hard like, to believe, but it it's absolutely be, true.
0: And it can be so like to say, wait a minute, this this has to mean damage. It's so bad. And yet I want people to really hear what Laura is saying. Like hmm. within with doing this kind of approach, within a couple of months, yeah. pain that has been there for a decade can be significantly reduced, and for me, my experience was like intermittent. Like it's it's resolved. Oh my gosh, it's back! But but yes. even oh, that, yeah. once you see <laughs> that, it's very inspiring because you're like, whoa. I mean, if it if it's intermittent, then this is there's onto something doesn't here. doesn't make sense, and right. that's something that I want to highlight because you mentioned in the beginning, and this is I found so essential in the process, which is, you know, uh, rejecting that it's a structural problem and really having a sense of certainty and belief that it's due to these underlying emotional personality issues because when there's like a it's like that door has to be in my experience that door has to be solidly closed because if it opens and i just had this experience just you know there's the tms will always be trying to seems to try to creep up in different ways in my life yeah so the other day i noticed out of nowhere getting some pain in my uh my right elbow (laughs) <laughs> on the inside, and if you look it up online, it's called golfer's elbow, and mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. I mean, people have tendonitis there for months. Yeah, and tennis my, elbow. Yeah, tennis mm-hmm. elbow. You know, and of course, uh, my trainer, bless his heart, he—I've he, introduced him to TMS literature, and he's bought it uh, for in a lot of ways. But he still thinks structural a lot because he's a you of know course. A body mechanic Yeah, right. So he talks about like he basically was like, "Oh yeah, I remember I had that for like almost eight months, and you know we, we can adapt your program." Because you you might not want to just load it up with a lot of pull-ups and or chin-ups and deadlifts. And so I left the gym kind of scared. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, no, is this going to last for... <laughs> and then I'm just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, actually... It makes no sense. And <laughs> bless my wife. She's like, a TMS uh, alarm. She's like, yes. that sounds like TMS. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, tennis elbow. I remember reading about that in the books. And and so, I mean, it was going from like, it, it hurt to not just do pull-ups or something. It, it was hurting so much. Like, I'm... Using a sponge on a, on a dish in the sink, and my and it's throbbing, oh. mm-hmm. and I'm carrying, you know, picking up my kids, and it's hurting, and and it's starting, and all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, this is TMS. No, there's nothing. Right. No, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. And I close that door, and mm-hmm. because of all my history with this work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, like, okay, not only do I close that door, but I'm going to go do some chin-ups tomorrow. Yeah, chin. exactly. Like, you did I'm exactly not... the right thing. And it sounds sudden, counterintuitive, and but this it's true. And was crazy. Within a day, the pain is entirely yeah. gone. Gone. And, oh, yes. And I'm just like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. And that's the kind of thing where if that happened to me, you know, uh, five, six years ago or, you know, and I had that elbow pain, I would have looked it up. I would have been like, I've got, i out to this elbow. I would have gone to a physical therapist. I would have gone to a chiropractor. And I could have had that pain for for three months six months. And this is the mind boggling thing that I just, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's like having this incredible freedom and secret that you just want to like tell everybody like you can do this. And and so many people I'll share this idea with and I'll share my story and they're kind of like, yeah. Wow. That's good for you. But, good you know, you, but, but, but... but my elbow really is <laughs> golfer's elbow <Yeah. laughs> and it's different. And it hurt, I heard it golfing. So it's legit. And right. uh, I wonder if that's something that um, well, first of all, before I ask my next question, I, I just really want to hope people listening can feel that these are true stories. And I mean, how many people would you say, Laura, you've personally seen uh, through your work with you and John yeah, like have this kind of freedom come to them.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, we've coached hundreds of people, you know, over the last few years. And- amazing. Yeah. So um,
0: hundreds of people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds of people. And, you know, we we don't hear back from all of them. Of course, we have to rely on them self-reporting, which is um, we wish we had a more you know exact science on this. But here's what we say. You know, for people that we know who follow through and report back to us, I mean, the results are it's close to 100 percent. I mean, it really is. Mm -hmm. Um, The proof is in the results. And that's where it's tricky because it's just what you said, um, Aziz, you have to kind of put the belief first, like with your elbow, because unless you have um, overwhelming evidence to the contrary, you really did hurt yourself in some way that that leads to swelling or blood or a bone is broken, it's TMS. And, and, and you can remind yourself that if you did go and get an x-ray of that elbow, there could be 10 other people with exactly the same um, x-ray results. And, you know, seven of them would have, wouldn't have pain and three of them would. How can that be? Hmm. So see, there's a lot of, um, evidence that's really backing this up now. But um, yeah, that's the tricky part is you really, you kind of just have to take responsibility and say, listen, the good news and the bad news is that this is lives inside of me. It's part of who I am and how I hold stress in my body. Um, That's a little daunting at first, but when you really catch on that, wait a minute, that means I can also fix it. Mm. The freedom is unbelievable. Mm. Right. And so another quick story about that, which I think is really relevant for for the listeners here, because you deal a lot with anxiety. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what starts happening um, is you'll think in your head, wow, you know, this situation is something that makes me anxious. But that's where it stops. I remember I used to feel this just flood of those neuropeptides moving through my body. And that meant the pain was coming soon. But now I can stop it in my head, if that makes sense, right? So I still have tension. I still get anxious, but I can process it similar to what you said. This is TMS, you know, breathe, calm down, you know, just process this issue and it doesn't ever get into your body. Mm. That's the key because you're right. We, we will need to practice these things all of our life, but it's so worth it. Mm.
0: I love, I love hearing that. What I always enjoy about talking with you is there, it's like, uh, there's, (laughs) it's like uh, martial (laughs) art belts or something. And and you're like this black double degree black belt or something. So I'm always like, I always pick up something. So I would say that I'm at the level where it'll, sometimes I'll catch it. And then other times it'll start to manifest in these little ways as pain. But, But then, then there's like a faster, because even, you know, uh, after we had kind of a big breakthrough, i would go through, you know, every two, three months, I would have like this big resurgence of pain, and -hmm. then it would go away and then a big one. And now I feel like as like just uh, yesterday, I noticed some stiffness in my low back and my glutes and down my leg, kind of the, Mm -hmm. the classic place where the ankylosing, quote, ankylosing spondylitis would occur. And, you know, the mind instantly goes to like, well, I did work out harder yesterday. And then I'm like, wait a minute, not really. Hold on. This, this yeah. is, does this, make sense? You know, this is TMS. And yeah. sure enough, we're actually going to go visit my family down, my mm. parents down in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're leaving tomorrow.
1: Okay. And so you were thinking about that. Most yeah. Like, so right? I was thinking yeah. about
0: that and, and, and I was like, well, let, let's, now at this point when, when I identify something as TMS, it's almost like I don't, I don't take no for an answer. It's almost like, all right, it's feel, it's emotion. Let's like, let's explore. What is it? It's not, it's not saying, I wonder if this is really feelings instead of something. It's like, no, no, I I know it is. So what's going on? Yeah, that's huge
1: progress. You just, you stop wondering and you go straight to what's going on. And once you connect those dots, like you just did, it really takes a lot of the power away. From the, from the pain, right? You don't want to give the pain any power. That's really the bottom line. And if you say, "Huh, I know exactly what's going on here," it becomes a game, uh, really, that you're just going to outsmart your, your own mind from going off in this direction. Uh, because there's just really no other explanation as these for why there is so much unexplained chronic pain, and it's it's mainly in first world countries. And why is that? You know, because third world countries certainly they have survival issues and and safety issues. But here we are in our sophisticated society, kind of over-diagnosing, um, you know, assigning new titles to the, the same collection of symptoms. And we have all these this pressures coming at us all day long. It, it really makes a lot of sense when you stop to think about it.
0: Mm. Oh, absolutely. And that, I feel like this could, the interview could go on for days. We can get into like the whole, um, <laughs> when you start to really see this yeah, and, 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 it For me, it fundamentally changed my perception of the medical industry, yeah. of of this way that we're taught to give our trust and the authority over. It's like the benevolent doctor, the mm-hmm. benevolent hospital will right. tell me what's wrong, give me the fix, and just I'll all is well. And there's this kind of like stark wake-up call if you've ever been turned around in the medical system and not gotten a, a great result. To be like, oh, man, you know, but but it goes back to what you were saying of like these things might be disturbing or disillusioning at first. Mm -hmm. But then but inside of that, if you work with that and get to the core of it is this the seed of total liberation. And let's just end with this, because I think this mess, this the message of of inspiration could be really beautiful for people. Um, I'll share mine and then I'd love to hear your experience. But, you know, 15 years ago when I was just like struggling to walk and thought there was something fundamentally wrong with me. If you would have shown me like a movie of my, of my mm-hmm. life now and specifically my physical ability now, mm-hmm. I mean, it would have, uh, just imagining how that would have felt to that younger version of me. It would have been the most, uh-huh. I, would have, I would have cried. Yeah. I would have been it, like, Oh my yes. God, this is going to end. And this story is going to, you know, go from what feels like a tragedy mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, a breakthrough and, and, and I'm going to do what? You know, I'm going to I'm going to be able to lift weights, I'm going to, be able to run and pick up my kids, throw them around, you know, and I'm going to be able to go run further oh, than the joy. 30, you know? <laughs> and it's just like, it's such liberation. And I'm curious, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you think back to when you were in those days of rheumatoid arthritis, you know, quote unquote, if it was that right. or if it was TMS, whatever, and you looked at your life now, like what, what would you what is it? What do you, what do you say about your life now? Or what is your experience now?
1: Well, I love this question because, um, of course I often think about the fact of, um, that there was purpose to my pain, you know, that I wouldn't, um, probably be doing what I'm doing now had I not lived through that. So, um, there's some comfort, you know, in that, in the things that I missed and the, the, the pain I suffered as a young person. Um, you know, for me, Aziz, because I'm a little bit older than you, I'm in my 50s now, and here's the absolutely amazing thing is, you know, I feel better in my 50s and really physically especially, uh, really in every way than I did in my 20s and 30s. So mm-hmm. it has helped me tremendously with aging. Um, you know, a lot of my girlfriends will be complaining about a few gray hairs or some, some wrinkles, and I'm like, bring it on. You know, I can deal with that. I am not in chronic pain. I am able to do things in my 50s. We live in Colorado. We hike. We moved last weekend. I'm lifting boxes and going upstairs. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm 52 years old. I couldn't do some of these things in my 20s and 30s because of this supposed disease that was going to last the rest of my life. And so it's it's liberating really beyond what I can put into words. And it just keeps getting better because – your um, just the rest of your life will be um, you just won't have that fear. Yes. You know, it takes away that fear. Um, you can deal with some normal aging. Uh, it encourages you to take good care of yourself. It's just it's a lot of silver linings. Mm. A lot. Mm.
0: It's beautiful. Yeah. I, I love it. And thank you so much for sharing. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're I know so we just welcome. the surface thank you. Of all the of all the oh, work yeah. you have in but this area it's a, star. it's a star. And for those who want to go further, uh, yes. Laura, you, you know, you guys do this. I mean, I can say as a having received it, uh, life changing coaching work. Um, and there's there's ways that you you help people with that now. What is the best place you know uh, yes. one for people to find you guys online, and then right. two, you know, how do you work with people if someone's listening and they sure. want to end their pain? Uh, what what kind of stuff would you do with
1: them? Okay, yes, and I'll be brief. So our website is paincureclinic.us. That's paincureclinic.us. Um Dr. Aziz has a great testimonial on our site. My partner John and I both tell our stories. So if you go there please watch the videos Um, you can navigate around a little bit read one of dr sarno's books if you haven't that's a great place to start we have a two-day program in boulder colorado so you come out here spend two full days with john and i plus we have a wonderful soft tissue specialist named kelly all three of us have healed ourselves of chronic pain personally, okay? So that's really key. Um, the great thing about coming in person is you can work with, a, we can work with you physically and mentally, get you out of your day-to-day whirlwind. Again, you're working with all three of us, and um, we teach you how to take care of yourself then, of course, when you get home. It's not all solved in two days, but it's a tremendous jump start. Uh, we don't know of any other um, coaching for TMS that's being done quite like this, so this is what we're on focusing on. Um, but please check out our website. There's a contact form. Uh, we can have a a consultation that's free to just evaluate your situation and see if this is a good fit, but you know, don't waste another moment in pain because this can be over, um, really in a matter of, of months. And then you'll have a plan, uh, to keep it away for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Awesome. So we'll have the, uh, link to the website below as well, uh, Thank at you. Shrinkfortheshyguy.com. But you can just go there and look up this episode, and then there'll be a, a link to the UR as well. And uh, thank you again so much, Laura, for, for being here on the show and just for doing what you do and being who you are.
1: Well, we so appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation, Aziz. It's really important. Thank you.
0: Well, there you go. That is the end of our interview and almost the end of our time together. But we got to do one thing, which I'm sure you know what it is by now. Time for action, action, action. That's right, your action steps. So here's my one big question for you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with all this information? Are you going to let it be intellectually stimulating and somewhat you know, curious and interesting? or Are you going to use it to transform your life? And if so, what's the one thing you're going to do? I mean, there's tons of ideas in this one interview, and you already know what it is. You're going to start journaling. Are you gonna read one of these books by the guy, Dr. John Sarno, we kept talking about, S-A-R-N-O. Perhaps you're even gonna reach out to Laura if you're ready to really make these changes fast. And I couldn't recommend that highly enough as it's been profoundly changing in my life. What, what are you gonna to do to challenge this way of living where you're afraid of pain, you're, you're stuck in perfectionism, or maybe you're gonna read Not Nice to overcome goodism and, and being too nice and actually do the exercises in the book. Whatever it is, What's the one thing you're going to do and commit to? Choose that and do that. That's your action step for today. And until we speak again, we have the courage to be who you are and to know on a deep level that you're awesome. Thanks for listening to Shrink for the Shy Guy with Dr. Aziz. If you know anyone who can benefit from what you've just heard, please let them know and send them a link to shrinkfortheshyguy.com.